0: So Julia, based on how the offense has produced over the last few weeks, if you had told me prior to first pitch today that Gosman would give up two runs and the Tigers overall over the course of the entire game would only score three runs, I'd have guessed maybe even more so after last night's 10-1 to 1 win, I would have guessed that this team was winning in a complete laugher, essentially, right? Like the offense just does not get KO'd like this very often, especially since the, that last week or in a bit of May, the Blue Jays, uh, you know, the, putting up only one run against the team that is 10 games under five. Well, they were 11 games under 500, now 10 games under 500. Uh, you know, you, just, you don't expect this kind of offensive output in the last couple of weeks, three weeks or so from the Blue Jays.
1: No, not a single extra base hit today in the game show. That just uh, hasn't been happening a whole lot. We know that it's more... Maybe it looks a little bit more like they did to start the year. Of course, any offense can have an off night or an off day, but it was definitely weird to see. Um, and, you know, Charlie Montoyo did his best. He tried some different things. He had Alejandro Kirk come in and pinch hit. It's just, uh, It just wasn't the, the Blue Jays' offense's day today. And, and kudos to Kevin Gosman for boun- bouncing back after a tough start against Minnesota last week and really come back and give the Blue Jays Six solid innings, another another quality outing. Just one earned run of the two. It, it, it was uh, it was the outing that he needed after getting uh, a little banged up last time, and he did it. It's just uh, a shame, really, that the offense couldn't uh, couldn't pull through.
0: Yeah, the Blue Jays losing three to one to the Tigers in Detroit as we welcome in, you into Jay's Talk on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Show Ali and Julia Kreutz here from MLB.com. We're here until uh, for about thirty more minutes or so. And uh, yeah, Gossman, his final line, six innings pitch, six hits, two runs, one of them earned three walks, four strikeouts. He only threw 87 pitches, but I guess at, at that point it was uh, not the, it wasn't the cleanest outing for Kevin Gossman, right? I mean, it certainly was, there, there's no way to say that it was, it was worse than what we had seen from him the last couple of times out. He was un- undoubtedly better, but you know, he kind of struggled a little bit early. He wasn't sharp in the first inning. Slightly better in the second. He cleaned it up for the next couple of innings, right? I mean, he allowed us. He did allow another run, and I do think there's been some bad luck that has just, generally speaking, affected him over the last couple of games. But uh, you know, things went in both directions today. Like it, it definitely turned back towards the positive, and I guess it was his last inning of work on that um Kevin Biggio play where Biggio catches the ball and doubles off by his at third base like that was that's something that I think went back towards his direction and but I don't want to blame it all on bad luck he was just wasn't as sharp as he usually is but hey I mean six innings of work and allowing two runs you would expect an offense like the Blue Jays to pick you up like nine times out of ten essentially
1: and nine times out of ten these days they do right but I agree with you there have been some some there has been some bad luck involved maybe that Beau Bichette error in the Moreno throw uh, with the runner trying to steal second there, which ended up being a caught stealing and a Bichette error. If that turns out differently, then the whole ball game uh, may have turned out a lot differently. And the same as last time, we know that there were a couple of bad errors, uh, especially that Hernandez catch last week against Minnesota that really didn't help Kevin Gosman and, yeah. and, and yeah. S- sort of in a way derailed the inning and may have derailed the, the whole outing. So kudos to him for really staying at it. You know, three bases on balls today for Gosman. That's not usual either. So you're right when you say that he wasn't as sharp as what we've seen from him. And and, and that goes into making adjustments as hitter, hitters adjust to your stuff. It is the pitcher's job to just go back to the drawing board and, and try new things as well and see what's working and what's not. Um he definitely wasn't tipping pitches today, Show Definitely no. not. He had 15 no. swings and misses, and I believe 11 of them were on the splitter. Exactly. 15 and 11 on, on the splitter. So the split was back. It was working for him, and, and that is the big difference maker in his game. We saw that today, and we saw the, the downside of that last time around. Uh, this is Kevin Gosman. He's back, and you're right. He can be sharper, but this is uh, definitely an improvement
0: he clearly had the confidence even on three, two counts to bury the splitter, right? Like he was really, he was, he did that a couple of times today on full counts. And, and I think sometimes with the counts, even, but, but still Cosman did that. And I think it was something we didn't see as much. In, and again, with a, with a shortened outing the previous time out, you, you won't see it as much. Right. But he did do that, which I think, I think would mean he feels a little more confident, just generally speaking. And if that's the case with your best pitch, IE the splitter, then, uh yeah, I think you can feel good about that going forward. Uh, give us a call, 416-870-0590-1-88-36-0590-star one ninety on your cell. You can also text us as well at 590-590 and uh leave your name and location if you do choose to do that. Um before we head to the phone lines, gotta chat about Gabriel Moreno. I mean, how could you not, right? The as soon as you as soon as he made his way to Detroit yesterday, uh, I think all people wanted to do was talk about Moreno and see how he was gonna do in his first big league action. And honestly, he uh I mean, I was. I feel like even before he got the first big league knock against Gregory Soto of all people. I mean, that guy is nasty. He throws 100 miles an hour, as you could hear and see at the end of the game, the the sinker and slider stuff, and just slightly less. Nasty than the fastball. I mean, if you can get a head off of Gregory Soto and, and you're not a rookie, I think you're uh, you're doing pretty well for yourself. So for Moreno's first hit to come off a guy like Soto, hey, I uh, I commend him. But um even before that, and, he, and then he, of course he scored the only run of the game with his feet. But even before that, the the pop up to to get, I guess it was Victor Reyes early in the game, and, and Ben Nicholson Smith did noting during the game that uh, they did change it. Right, they changed it from it being a a, a stolen base for Victor Reyes to him getting caught stealing. They took the stolen base away from him, and it was charged an error to Bo Bichette, but you could see the arm, the accuracy. I got to say, it was was very promising to see some of the glimpses of what you hope to see more consistently from someone like Moreno.
1: And the speed and the bases as well. It's uh, something that isn't discussed a lot with everything else that Moreno brings to the table. Uh, That's something that can get overlooked, and that's something that... um, Yankees coach and Venezuelan team manager Carlos Mendoza mentioned uh, to me when I spoke to him about Moreno is that that was the one thing that really impressed him was how um, how speedy Moreno is on the base paths because everything else you sort of hear about but you can only you can really experience the athleticism when it happens uh, in in game and and that's not something that we have um, necessarily talked about enough and it is a tool that he has Uh, And we got to see it. He almost got that infield single there. Uh, I forget what inning that was, but uh, it was almost a two for four for him.
0: (laughs) Yeah, he almost he really almost legged that out. And uh, I got to say, I knew he was fast. I didn't know just how fast he was. Here was a fun stat. Uh, The sprint speed on the ground out for him was twenty nine point seven feet per second which would be the 11th best number in all of major league baseball. And that would easily be the fastest catcher. The second fastest catcher would be Jorge Alfaro. Who's at the Padres and his number is 28.7 feet per second. So a full foot per second faster than the next fastest catcher, which is absolutely remarkable.
1: He wanted that. He wanted it real badly. And uh, it's a, it's a good thing that he got it, you know, at the end of the game, there scored the sole run for the blue Jays, um, he deserved it right there were a couple of uh, of strikes and balls calls that maybe didn't go his way that sure. could have uh, changed uh, earlier at bats and y- you see what what everyone has been talking about we sort of caught a glimpse of that today his um, hand eye coordination the fact that he is a disciplined batter at the pa- at the plate he's not really swinging at at pitches outside of the zone he's not chasing um Sometimes he sees the ball maybe a little better than the home plate umpire himself, right? right. It's, uh, that is a high baseball IQ all around, and uh, we expect to see more of that. Good on him for, for maybe shaking the first day jitters, getting that first hit, and now uh, he can focus on helping his team get some wins moving forward.
0: Let's hit up the phone lines four one six eight seven zero zero five ninety one triple eight triple six zero five ninety star five ninety on your cell. Eddie in Fort Erie, welcome to Jay's Talk. Uh, what did, what did you think of Gabriel Moreno's debut, Eddie?
2: Well, Sho and Julia, thanks for taking my call. Um, I, I thought it was uh, I thought it was all right. You know, I I got to be honest with you, Sho. I, I I was a little nervous for for Gabby um, Moreno uh, playing his first game because he hadn't uh, caught any of the pitchers during spring training. He came off because he came there late because of either the visa issues or whatever it was. But um I, I was I, I was a little nervous, but you know what? He actually did pretty good, whether it was with pitch calm or or, or or no pitch calm. I thought I thought he did pretty good, but I want to talk about his his plate appearances. I really thought he was gonna get two hits in that game because when he hit the ball to, to Baez, I know that Baez has a tendency to, to lollygag whether he's uh, on the infield or on the base pass, when he got doubled up, I don't know what he was doing uh, standing at third, you know, like <laughs> when the ball was caught, like, dude, get back. And he just got thrown out at third. But I thought on the on the, on the actual first hit show, I thought Soto quick-pitched him. It looked to me like he quick-pitched Moreno. And that right there really impressed me because he was obviously, like, if he was ready for that, I don't know, but that was impressive.
0: Absolutely, Eddie. Hey, appreciate the call, man. Um, again, and have a great weekend as well. I, yeah, I, I definitely think that uh, again, getting a hit off of Gregory Soto. I said, I said already. Is I think it just generally speaking, pretty impressive. But uh, that he managed to do that in that situation with with the game on the line, potentially because I believe he came up with two outs, right, Julia? So he was uh, he could have been the last batter of that ball game, and of course. Uh, the Blue Jays did score a run shortly after but uh, yeah, Gabriel Moreno, I think the the demeanor from him, I mean, approaching Gosman in the first inning, getting to the mound when things seem to be not working super well for Gosman, I think is something else that really impressed me for Moreno and again, on that on that throw out of Victor Reyes at second base and uh, very early on that was a laser, right? Like that was an absolute <laughs> laser beam and uh, another fun stat from his debut again 1.83 pop time which ranks among the uh, game's elites so uh, hey, I mean, again, that was something we talked about in the pregame but it's kind of cool to see him translating that to the majors because i mean you know there's always going to be some difference between the minors and the majors but it uh, doesn't look like it was really all that big a deal for moreno today
1: he blocked a couple of balls as well that were really important uh finished a strikeout with a throw to first base on a on a on a ball that got away could have gotten away but he blocked it really well that's uh that's the stuff that we've been seeing and it's obviously it's still very much a microcosm you see that the framing might not be all there yet. And, and that comes with knowing your pitching staff that comes with catching these guys more often. Uh, he does still have work to do at the plate or behind the plate for sure. That said, all the tools are there and now it's just fine tuning uh, the, the talent that he already has. And that's there.
0: Joan Barry texting in to say, why don't we give him a few more at bats before we put him in the hall of fame? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what fair that's fair joe uh but i, I think hey look if people get excited i think it's totally valid especially for one of the more highly touted prospects and a couple of i mean alec Manoa was pretty highly touted last year it feels like there's been a promotion of a pretty high-ranked prospect basically every year since flatty and, and Bo came up but right. uh but hey moreno uh, getting his first big league hit and uh, doing it in, in relatively impressive fashion, even though the Blue Jays did lose today, I think is uh, is a fun positive to uh, to expound on. Um, and again, you mentioned the strike zone, too. It wasn't the greatest strike zone today. Honestly, I think. And, and again, I, I don't want to sound like the biggest of homers here, but I feel like more Blue Jays got squeezed by the st- strike zone than the Tigers did. And again, the Tigers, again, only three hits. And I was telling this to you during the game, but Eric Haas getting uh, uh, his first double of the season and just his part of me, his first triple of the season and just his second double of the year. Um, Boy, you would think he was one of the best catchers in in Major League Baseball the way he was playing today. But I mean, I guess that's just the way it goes. Sometimes you're going to get squeezed by the strike zone every now and again. Moreno himself got squeezed by it on what was, I think, clearly a ball. I mean, I don't want to I don't want to like litigate that too much because. Umps are not perfect, even though I still think I want the robot umpires, please. But uh, but still, I mean, who's to say what what, what would have happened had he got on, gotten on, or th- had that not been called uh, a strike?
1: Yeah, I mean, it, he is an impressive young player, and uh, definitely not rushing to put him anywhere but the eighth spot eighth spot in the Blue Jays lineup. <laughs> but what he's done today is impressive, and it's not easy to do when you're on the road and and you haven't caught any of your pitchers. Like our caller mentioned, because he did arrive late at spring training. There is a lot to be excited about. Now, we know that the evolution and the uh, overall development, th- there's still a lot to go for sure. But uh, Blue Jays fans have every reason to to be excited right now.
0: Uh, we got a text here. This was from earlier in the game. And it kind of, there, well, there are two here I want to get to kind of simultaneously. So, no name on this first one, but someone said, Hi, show. Again, I questioned the lineup. Why not DH Kirk? Can the starters not play two games in a row? Probably referring to Springer being in the DH spot, Kirk not being in the lineup, then coming in for essentially the 1AB. And then Jeff in Toronto says, no reason not to keep three great hitting catchers. Common thinking is based on the fact that catchers can't hit. All three of ours can. So that's from Jeff. And uh, and it's interesting, right? Because you look at the Kirk situation, because it was something I wanted to get to. Kirk was brought in for 1AB in the sixth. He flies out to right field. And you and I were kind of talking, Okay, well, maybe he'll stay in even as just the even as the DH and you'll just move Springer over to center field or because, I mean, they they weren't going to take Moreno out of this game. Right. You kind of knew that. But what ended up happening is Zimmer comes in for Tapia at center field. Springer stayed at the DH. Moreno remained at catcher. So Kirk was essentially only in for a handful of swings and he was taken out of the game. I think we've learned that the Blue Jays definitely adhere to their days off philosophy, maybe stricter than more or other teams or most teams. But I, I got to say that was a little mystifying to me, considering that he was in the lineup to begin with, but that he didn't stay in the game after he was brought in in the sixth, given that they were down. I think they were they were down at least two nothing. They were maybe down three nothing at that point. But uh, but either way, down several runs. Why not bring in one of your more productive hitters over the last essentially almost two months?
1: Yeah, maybe maybe it is uh, a bit of a strict mindset of this is George Springer's half day off and this is what we're going to go with. Maybe it's, uh, you know, we're going to put him in here in this position because we trust that he can get something going for us, and that that might be all we need. I mean, for all we know, um, he couldn't stay on, right? We we don't know what goes into these decisions. We are not flies on the wall for those conversations. But, yes, the Blue Jays take off days very seriously, rest time and all of that. Uh, we know that Springer needed it. Kirk definitely needed it. And they are in the in the middle of a... a pretty tough stretch of their schedule i forget i, I think you you mentioned it show that from now until the all-star break there aren't many off days for the blue jays and you you have to consider that as well one game against the detroit tigers um, how where does that rank in terms of uh your your overall schedule and the ability to keep your players as fresh as possible for the next game and for the next series it's uh It's a balancing act, and and, and that's one of the most beautiful things in baseball, in my opinion, is just juggling uh, the the numbers and the players and and how do you keep everyone at an even keel um, when the schedule is as brutal as it is going to be right now for the Blue Jays. And so, yeah, I mean, Kirk, they, they were in a good position to try something with him, bring him in, see if he could get something going, but... Other than that, or beyond that, at bat, it's uh, it's tough to sacrifice your planning um, for one game or, or, or for a handful of innings. So that would be, that's that would be my mindset. And right. obviously, I'm not a major league baseball manager, but I think that that's uh, that plays into the decision.
0: I guess we'll see how the how the catchers are are distributed. Moreno and and Kirk tomorrow for the rubber match against, uh, against Scooble who, ha- who has been one of the better players, uh, maybe in uh, better pitchers, maybe in all of major league baseball so far this season. So I'll be really interested to see that stripling uh Scuba matchup tomorrow. And like you mentioned the, the schedule uh they have one off day and one more off day to come in June, June 23rd, which is in a couple of weeks. And then they have July 11th off. And then the all-star break begins on the 18th, right? So the all-star games on July, July 19th. So the last game before the all-star break is July 17th. So just two days off between now and the All Star Break, which is which is a pretty grueling schedule. I, I'm sure a lot of teams have, have schedules like that. Don't get me wrong, but yeah, that's uh, that's going to be. You're going to see a lot more guys DH is what I'm saying. Like you're going to see more guys get the half day off. You're going to see it happen to Vladimir Guerrero Jr. You're going to see games where Bijio is at first or Lourdes is at first. You're going to see ga- game, games where only one catcher is in the lineup. It's going to happen. It's 100% going to happen. But I, but, but still, I the the Kirk the Kirk coming in and not staying in was a little confusing to me. But I, I think you're right. Again, the team does seem to be very uh, very strict with uh, with giving these guys uh, their rest days.
1: Yeah, and the uh, the flexibility of the DH spot is something that the Blue Jays and manager Charlie Montoyo really value. And take into consideration when building their lineups. And so, yes, you're right. We're going to see a lot of guys DH. Uh, We're going to see probably Teoscar Oscar DH a little bit, and Guerrero. And there will be days when Kirk will be DHing and Moreno will be catching. That will also happen. It's it's just it's all about how you structure your lineup, how you how you use that DH spot, and taking into consideration the amount of games that are being played. as well as the rest and, and, and well-being of your players overall.
0: Uh, ben Nicholson-Smith also saying that Matt Chapman dealing with some wrist soreness. So uh, why he was not in the game today and why he didn't pinch hit late in the game either. So uh, just a quick note on that, Matt Chapman wrist soreness. That's from uh, Charlie Montoyo, who I guess is speaking to the media right now. Um, let's go back to the phone lines. 416-870-0590, star 590 on your cell. Billy and Markham, welcome to Jay's Talk. You want to give your props to the Tigers.
3: Well, guys, uh, li- listen, I've been just listening to you guys for the last 15 minutes. You got all of that out of Gabrielle Moreno today? I mean, you got all of that? Gabrie- Moreno would not be up if Jansen wasn't hurt. If you want my opinion... He should still be in Triple AAA for the rest of the season. The Orioles have the number one catcher in, in uh, yeah, catching prospect in baseball, and how's that going for them right now with him being up? He, he's not hitting. And, and you, you guys talk about, well, how didn't we score 15 runs against the Detroit Tigers today? Well, one thing, a couple of things. The Detroit Tigers were the best team in baseball the second half of last year. You try taking the Blue Jays' five top starters, and I'm not talking about Scoobo because Scoobo's going tomorrow. All the Tigers are hurt. That whole team is a mess. And and, and we're worried about, uh, and and, and we're saying, how didn't we score 15-21? Let's remember one thing. At the beginning of the year, we didn't hit a lick. And you want to know why we didn't hit a lick? It was because we faced playoff teams. Now we're facing, we face Cincinnati. We face Minnesota. We face Detroit. Of course we're going to hit. Me and eight other guys could hit these guys. But we're going to see what happens once This series is over with Detroit, and we get Baltimore out of the way. Then we get about five, six real good teams in a row. We're going to see how great this hitting Blue Jays team is. I mean, guys, it's done every time with Sportsnet. You guys, when we get a prospect up, you hype him like crazy, like he's Johnny Bench or Tom Seaver or Bob Gibson. Give this kid a chance. Uh, I mean, it's just incredible how, how every player on the Blue Jays Seems to be the next great player. So Billy, in the game. Billy,
0: let me ask you this: So does that does that mean that nobody can be excited for Moreno? Because I think that's all we're talking about here. No one's putting the guy in the Hall of Fame here. You can be excited and and recognize some of the good things he's done without saying that you know he's like he's bad. For example,
3: I said he was bad. I'm just saying this Blue Jay team has rushed everything along the last two years. Keep Moreno in A ball. I, I get why you got to call him up because Jansen's out. But come on, you answer, you answer my question. Is he up if Jansen's not hurt?
0: No, I don't think, no, I don't think he is. No, personally, because there, cause, because, and you and I, you've talked about this, I think, with Blair and Barker before. And I think the way Jansen has been, had been hitting is there was no real reason to call him up. Absolutely not. There, there he, If he would have to essentially force the Blue Jays' hands to call him up, and he was called out, up out of necessity, that's for sure.
3: Right, and and there, and, and there's, uh, listen, I want the Blue Jays to win as much as the next guy, but let's not go crazy about the last 10, and 15, you know, the last 10 15 games that the Blue Jays are back, the bats are back. Uh, how can any team have the right to hold us to one game? We're going to see, guys. Remember this phone call, because in about six days, we play five real tough teams, and we're going to see if we score 10, 12, 15 runs a game, and if Danny Jansen is hitting home runs and Kirk's hitting 330. We're going to start facing better opposition, and that's when you're going to judge this team. Okay, guys? Talk to you later.
0: Thanks, Billy. I'm just looking at the schedule. So you got the Orioles for four after this Tigers series, Julia. And uh, again, the, the Orioles, I've said this a couple of times this year, they're not a pushover. They're not a pushover team. I think you would still expect the Blue Jays to win most games against the, uh, against the Orioles. But after that, I mean, certainly the Yankees are going to be a tough, uh, a tough out no matter, no matter what. I mean, they've already won 40 games. But, I mean, the White Sox, the Red Sox, Eh, I'm not saying I'm not worried. The Blue Jays are you can't you can't take any game for granted. I'm not you know I'm not saying that, but apart from the Yankees and there's a three game set against the Brewers in there. I think you would expect a series against the O's, the White Sox, and, and the Red Sox to generally speaking go the Blue Jays' way.
1: Absolutely, I would say so. I also would say that we wouldn't expect the Blue Jays to sweep the Angels uh, with the Angels playing the way that they were that's a the month ago, right? right. Um, which they did, and that's when the downfall really started for that Los Angeles team. I. Gotta say, i got to say, I love a caller that comes in with me and eight other guys could his, hit against Gregory Soto. That, to me, is, is fascinating. And uh, keep up the confidence there, buddy. That's, that's phenomenal. But, yes, 100%. The, uh, the schedule is uh, brutal in terms of length and how many games are going to be played and the uh, lack of off days. But, overall, the teams that are being faced, it, is, uh, it should go the Blue Jays' way um, more often than not. And then you're also going to see games like today in which the offense just uh, doesn't show up.
0: Yeah, I'll be curious to see, again, how things go tomorrow with Stripling on the mound and Tarek Skubal, who, again, has been um, phenomenal. this season. I don't think there's any way other way to say it. He has been one of the best pitchers in Major League Baseball in the 2022 season. Okay, we're going to step aside. When we come back, we'll go back to the phone lines, back to the text line, and again, I want to talk a little bit about Kevin Biggio as well, because I thought this was one of his better games, and you know, in a short period of time for Biggio since he's uh, been back up with the major league ball club. But you're listening to Jay's Talk Show and Julia on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Welcome back to Jay's Talk. Sportsnet Radio Network. Jays 3-1 losers today in Game 2 of 3 at Comerica Park in Detroit. Kevin Gossman going six innings, allowing two runs. One of them earned Phelps, allowing the other run, making up the three runs for Detroit. Uh, I do want to check in before we get to the Bet365 standings update. We're here until 7.45 p.m. Eastern, 4.45 p.m. uh, Pacific, Julia. Real quick, Kevin Biggio has been just... I mean, I don't want to say phenomenal. I don't want to like oversell it necessarily. But I think in flashes, what he has done for this ball club in his quote-unquote super utility role, I think I got to say, it's very impressive. I don't think it's very easy. It's not as easy as you think to play more than other people would play in the sense that you're playing all these different positions. You're prepared to do things a little differently. He had those those two double plays today where the ball was basically right to him, but the snap throws to third or first. I have to say, I'm pretty impressed with what I've seen out of Captain Biggio.
1: Today was vintage Kevin Biggio. Two walks and a, a bunch of defensive highlights. That is exactly what the Blue Jays would expect from him. That's what he's become to this team, and he fits in so well in that utility role. He d- really doesn't mind playing more than everyone else, yeah. or, or practicing more than everyone else, or you know, being at the being on the field earlier so that he can do first base drills as well as second base drills as well as outfield. This is who he is, and he's embraced that. Uh, and we saw that today. I mean, uh, he is a very polished defensive player. He doesn't panic. He knows exactly what he has to do. Uh, that double play in which he threw out Javi Baez on third, he had to wait for a quick second to to for till Espinal reached third base, and and he wasn't panicking. He knew exactly where his teammate was. He knew exactly when to throw the ball to get it to Espinal, uh, and still get the double play. and and, and that's who he is now. Uh, it's uh, the Blue Jays really lucked out, I think, in in having a player like Biggio who expected maybe to play every day, yeah, yeah. And now he's seen his role change, and he's very much okay with that. He embraces that. He is still a leader in that clubhouse. He is still a beacon for many of these players. Uh, it's it's really amazing to see. I agree with you. That was uh, today was a was a good performance. Obviously, the Blue Jays overall weren't hitting that much, aside from you know a couple of hits from. Bichette and, and Guriel. And like I mentioned before, zero extra base hits in the mm-hmm. game. It's uh, just not common. But it, Kevin Biggio was Kevin Biggio.
0: Yeah, two walks from Biggio today. And again, like you mentioned, the extra base thing. Um, after a, a day after they set a, a what a season high in extra base hits with uh, when the 10 one win last night okay let 's check in on the bet three six five standings update with bet three six five you can watch thousands of live games build your own bet and you can even make a bet while the game's still being played nineteen plus play responsibly Ontario only so the Yankees are in action right now they are currently forty two and sixteen with the loss today the blue jays dropped to thirty four and twenty four The Tampa Bay Rays already lost earlier today. They have now lost two straight, both to the Minnesota twins. They're 34 and 25. The Boston Red Sox are 31 and 28. They play later tonight. They're the late game. And the Baltimore Orioles, uh, they win. They're, They're now 24 and 35 as well. So, you know what the Baltimore Orioles coming to town on Monday, we're going to see them for the first time all season. I kind of feels strange that there have been multiple series against the New York Yankees. And you're finally only now in the, what the second or third week of June uh, come Monday uh, that you're going to see the Orioles for the first time. And like I keep saying, Julia, these are not, I, I think you expect the blue Jays to beat the Orioles in a four game series. I think you should expect that because the, the Orioles are still what 11 games under 500, but at the same time, they're not. I, they're not complete pushovers. Is what I guess is what I'm saying. I don't think you can. You can't just pencil in a, f- a four game sweep. You would like that, but you can't just assume it's going to happen with with the Orioles. Because I mean, they're not going to be a fantastic team this year, but uh, they're not going to be. I don't know. They're not. They're not going to be complete pushovers on a game to game basis.
1: No, they're not. And, and and the the thing that they have to play for is beating teams like the Red Sox, like the Blue Jays, division rivals. That's uh, you know you know the Orioles aren't. Uh, a winning team this season that's that's a given um, but there's still rivalry there right there is still the competitiveness of especially in the American League East we know how competitive this division is and the Orioles have been in the outside looking in for a long time the Blue Jays are just maybe now over the past couple of years uh, turning that corner and in, in, in being back into contention in, in the conversation but we know that still like when when the Blue Jays were bad, Blue Jays fans still got a lot of satisfaction out of beating teams like it's the true. Yankees and the Red yeah. Sox so for the Orioles right now it is most likely the same the same mentality they're going after the al East and and that should make things very very interesting they've had success against the Red Sox this year uh, and so you know what what's what's to stop them from doing it again against the Blue Jays I, Blue Jays' fate, I would say, is in their hands, in their own hands sure. in this series. I, I don't think that the Orioles, the Blue Jays are clearly the better team and they have all the tools to win every single one of those games. And I'm not being hyperbolic here. The Blue Jays, y- y- you would expect this team to at least win three out of four, absolutely. Uh, but the Orioles are not just going to roll over. There, There's definitely, there will be intrigue in these four games for sure.
0: I do think Billy and Markham has a point in the sense that, the Blue Jays have admittedly been beating up on some bad teams like the Royals and they won, they smashed the Tigers yesterday. So, which is why I think when they lose games like today, it's kind of, I don't know, not confusing because you're not going to win every single game in 162 games, but the Blue Jays do need to take take advantage of uh, the quote-unquote lesser opposition before they can uh, go ahead and beat teams like the Yankees and the Brewers. But uh, that's Julia Kreutz from MLB.com. Blair and Barker are back tomorrow. Ross Stripling heads to the mound for Toronto. Tariq Skubal goes for Detroit. That does it for Jays Talk. Appreciate the calls and texts as always. Thanks for listening to Blue Jays Baseball, served up by the Always Game Ready, Jack Links Meat Snacks, Feature Wildside Baseball fans. One more time, the Jays drop today's game to the Tigers, a 3-1 defeat, Stripling and Skubal go tomorrow in the pitching matchup. Blair and Barker are back tomorrow afternoon after the ballgame. We'll talk to you then.